Welcome to the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast with Philip Washington Jr. Today's episode is brought to you by WealthBuildingMadeSimple.us. Today, Philip talks about investing with reason and imagination. Today, Philip welcomes Braden Daniels of Lead Like a Magician and talks about the four elements of leadership. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now, here's Philip. All righty. We are back with another Wealth Building Made Simple. And today I have a special guest, Braden Daniels. What's going on, Braden? Not much, man. Thanks for having me, Philip. I appreciate uh, it. Uh, thanks thanks for coming. So you, your, your brand is Think Like a Magician. Yes. Because you're a magician. Exactly. Yeah. Lead like a magician because I have uh, several, you know, years in leadership. And what I found was that uh, the there's aspects of the magician archetype that really translate to leadership. Mm. And so we talk a lot about the uh, how to lead like a magician, which is different than leading like a hero, by the way. Huh. No, so for real, I'm watching the show on that, like, explain that to me. What's the difference? <laughs> so a magician uh, figure or archetype uh, is basically, you know, in pop culture, it'd be like a Yoda, like a Gandalf, like a Merlin, uh, like a Dumbledore kind mm-hmm. of figure. And that figure has power, but that figure doesn't use their power. In fact, you can go the whole story and it's not until the very end where the magician is backed into a corner and uses their power. And I think that's a great way to look at leadership because, hmm. you know, uh, as leaders, we have power, but uh, if we wield that power uh, too, too strongly, it can really backfire. And that's what that archetype teaches us. And also through the stories, Yoda, for example, guides Luke Skywalker, the hero of the story. Hmm. So as a leader, you want to be a guide to your employees not the hero for your employees. Mm. Your employee is the hero. Your like customers are the hero. That's kind of what we, I like what we look at. I like that. Yeah, it's a, it's a, my thing went off. It's He-Man. It's a He-Man show that I'm watching. It's because, you know, He-Man's the hero, but his counterpart is the sorceress. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So similar storytelling. So so you mentioned in, in, in the pre-talk, there's four elements of leadership that, that you talk about. Yes, because the magician uh, has access to the four elements. That's one of the key. And you know what? Pause before we go there. Yeah. I'm sorry. I want to actually reverse a little bit and talk about you, your background, okay. and, and how you got into you know, doing what you do, magic shows and leadership training and all that. Yeah. So when I was uh, younger, I, I think, you know, you, you were going to ask me too, how do you get into magic? And uh, usually it's... It, it's an, there's an inciting incident. There's something in your life that like, you know, makes you go, wow, what is this thing called magic? And uh, how can I get more of that? Now, as if you're young, it happens a lot because you, you know, social status wise, you don't have a lot of power, right? Like as a child, uh, you're trying to learn and grow and sort of fit into what's going on with the family and all that. <laughs> and you're trying to find your place. 
And I think magic, uh, if you get a magic kid or you see a magician on TV or nowadays it's you're going to see a magician on Instagram or <laughs> TikTok or uh, whatnot. For me, I've watched a lot of David Blaine. He did the ABC oh, yeah, specials. Like so uh, there was a kind of a confluence of, of events that led to me to see this magic and and be kind of inspired by it. And then I got a real job, <laughs> if you will, <laughs> and went into business and uh, had a family and all of that. And and uh, years later, I was reminded of about this magic and how much I love this magic by a friend of mine. We were in uh, we were in a bar, and I did some magic because he had. He's like, "What do you mean you did you do magic? What are you talking about?" And I hadn't done it in a while, so I did a few things, and he was like, "Man, you're good at it." which was great for the ego, <laughs> right. but he, he said this thing that really hit me, which was, you love it, mm. you know? And I was like, whoa. And sometimes we need people reflecting that back to us. Like, yeah. wow, it's nice to hear that someone else sees that you're passionate, that you love this thing. And what it hit for me was, and I don't do it. So I went on a journey later in life, uh, about seven years ago now, uh, to go on a quest to find my magician, my inner magician again. And so mm. that's part of what I do and, and what I like to help others with. And uh, so I've combined that with leadership, which I had been doing, and kind of like intersected those two things together. I like that. That's a, that's a really, it's a really cool hero's journey that, I mean, you're still on the journey, but. Yo, 100%. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. So, um, and so you've, you've, you've weaved, so I'm super curious now to, Learn about how you weave those principles into business. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think, I think, um, I mean, everything you said about magic and power of leaders, and you know what it takes to be a good leader. Like, and I like how you related it to magicians and stories. Like, that's a hundred percent true. Because the best, best leaders that I that made the best impact on me, I don't realize they were doing magic on me until like seven years later. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, they had. So it's like anything. I mean, you learn a skill. So uh, you're into Muay Thai mm -hmm. and uh, mixed martial arts. And, and it's just like that. I mean, it's very much like that in terms of, you know, on any given day, you can have all of the statuses in that field uh, as you can. You can have all of the awards. You can have all of the belts, let's say. But on any given day, you can be defeated, right? Mm -hmm. And and that plays out time and time again when we watch these shows. Uh, and the same thing with magic. Uh, but also, similarly, you have someone who uh, is your sensei, so to speak. It's someone who guides you in the technique, who can watch you uh, while you're working on your skill, your technique, and your craft. They can watch from a distance, from a third-party perspective, and really see opportunities to to do something different. Maybe put mm -hmm. your arm here. Maybe do this. Maybe uh, you're doing the wrong thing here. You got stuck. There's, they, they can see things that we can't. And I have that same uh, path as a magician. I have uh, magic is a uh, long storied tradition where the greatest secrets of magic are passed down from generation to generation through pupil to student mm. uh, or to as teacher to student. So I have that as well. My uh, sensei, if you will, is Jeff McBride. He operates the Magic and Mystery School out of Las Vegas, Nevada, and he's had uh, 30 plus years in magic and, and he guides me on my path and on my journey. So he's the magician for me mm -hmm. in that respect. Is, is, is a lot of it, and I'm kind of going off course, but you said something, is a lot of it learning to use intuition? 
Yes. Okay. And psychology. Psychology is a big part of it as mm -hmm. well. Uh, and that's kind of what inspired me with magic to begin with. It wasn't that uh, – it, it, it's not necessarily uh, the uh, – the skill or the technique, but it's that we live in a world where you can do a certain thing and create a certain effect. And it's like, it's magic. Like that's, I mean, that's, that's the most incredible thing. So that, you know, that's always kind of been something that I've been chasing is the search for the deeper real magic of, uh, of this world, you know, mm, yeah. which I think we're all kind of searching for. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So, um, the four elements of leadership, air, yep. fire, wind, water. Yeah, air, fire, uh, water, and earth. Water and earth. What did I say? I said air and wind. Those are the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so break those down for us. How do, how do we utilize those in leadership? Well, uh, like I said, the magician has access to those elements, and we use this when we, when we teach big groups at conferences or breakout groups because you want something that's, uh, that makes sense, that's easy to, rem easy to remember. So, uh, so air is communication. Mm -hmm. uh, without communication, we don't exist. We, our organization won't live without air. Our organization, ourselves, we won't live right without air. Um, and so, air is a really big part of the whole uh, construct. And and we really start there because communication is probably the number one fall down when it comes to organizations, businesses, teams. Hmm. It's usually the first thing that people complain about. Uh, when they give, when they're given the opportunity to openly complain about something <laughs> or, or uh, provide feedback, it's usually lack of communication because things are moving so fast yeah. in business and technology's changing and marketing plans change, and then you know this other department's not really you know informed about it, and now there's kind of like friction because of uh, miscommunication or just lack of communication. And, and then, and then when you're in there, how how much of communication? Because like we all know the 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 stat of 97% of communication is nonverbal or it depends, the, the percentage depends on who's saying it, right? Yes. But uh, like how many organizations are like embracing the nonverbal, the, the emotional aspect of communication, right? Because, you know, it, I mean, I think I would even probably say 99% of it is not what you say. It's the emotional state you say it from. A hundred percent, you know, we can agree on that statistic. <laughs> so yeah, uh, there are varying ways, tone of voice. Um, and I think to your question, really, as a leader, you want to be very conscious of how you're coming across, how you are using your body language, what I'm big on, what message are you sending, mm. which is different than what are you saying? So what you're saying might be content. It might be words, right? It could be a story. It could be uh, relating a situation that's happened to you. But what is the message, which mm. is the underlying? What are you trying to – what feeling are you trying to impart? I mean I go back to the Maya Angelou quote, which can never be used enough I think, which is people don't remember what you say. They remember how you made them feel. Mm. And that's really the message part of what you're saying. Like, So when you're sending an email, step back and go – what message is this sending? Like if, if I'm on the other end of this, what message am I trying to get across? Because once you understand the – and it's easier to do because messages are simpler to understand. And then you can work backwards and go, okay, I'm trying to send this message this year or this message in the next six weeks 
if it's a project, this message in the next six months, or I'm creating a vision for the next five years. Now, let's break that down into the message that I want to deliver and make sure that I'm showing up delivering that message mm. every time. You know, I can use different stories. I can use different content. I can use different words. I can frame it a different way. But what is that message I'm trying to drive through? That's a big opportunity that, to your earlier question, most people aren't coached through that. Mm -hmm. Like employees, they're not coached. You know, you've heard the, the phrase – you know, fix your face kind of thing, right? Because <laughs> right? they'll, they'll, you know, you show up at a meeting or now like Zoom or Teams and your face will be telling one story and you're trying to tell another story with your words, but your face is telling us like, you don't really, you're not really into this idea. Uh, or, or they overplay their hand before they speak, which can also create a, um, a problem if they're trying to influence someone. Uh, it can kind of tell that people can read like, oh, this person's not happy. So it puts you in the defensive. Mm -hmm. So, but they maybe have a way that they want to influence you or uh, make an argument that gets you to see a certain way, but they've already kind of overplayed their hand with their face, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. that, that, that was part, part of my hero's journey was, it was more email than delivery was not the, not the, the, you know, I would, you know, I would have no malintent, but the messaging was cut and dry. Yes. Right? And depending on what emotional state the other person was in, they took it because they were trying to guess. And I was, you know, and I, and I you know, so so when, that's why I asked you the question because I was like, yeah, that's the big one for me is before I send the email, think a happy thought. <laughs> that's a good express. way to do it. I like that. I like that. And we get bombarded with messages. I mean, you got every social media platform has a messenger. So you're getting that. If you're on Slack, you're getting hit with Slack pings. MS Teams, you're getting hit with Microsoft Teams pings. Now those are taking over what email used to be. Mm -hmm. And now we're looking for like whole policies are being changed in a department through a message from one person to another. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of miscommunication. It used to be in the, in the old days, it would send a memo and send it out pa with paper. And they would say, this is a memo. This is a new change we're making. Everyone fall in line kind of thing. Or if you have questions, let us know. But now it's these little like hobbit holes of stuff. And it's unfortunately that communication has the same value as a text from your daughter, mm -hmm. has the same value as, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Domino's delivered your pizza, you know, and, and that's a problem. That is, yeah. Because now as humans, we have to figure out and from a magic perspective, how do I take back the attention that's been taken from me mm. and repurpose it so that I can be successful? I like that. I'm curious about fire. What's fire? So fire is discipline. And, you know, if you think of fire, the element, uh, you, if you're, uh, making steel, like a sword, mm -hmm. you have to heat that up with lots of, lots of high heat and temperature to forge the blade. And so think of fire as your ability to be disciplined. And one of the, one of the best frameworks for this is, is to think about how is your present self supporting your future self mm. through discipline? You know, you're either going to be disciplined so that today you're supporting your future self by being skillful, by being healthy, by being stronger, or by being weaker, or by being unhealthy. How is your present self supporting your future self? And that's a big key to understanding the power of discipline. I like that. I like that. Baptized by the fire. You know, the, the side note, because that's 
We can probably do a whole conversation on revelations. And I used to be afraid of it till I understood that concept. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, yeah, they're being thrown in the fire. That's not a bad thing. Discipline. Yes. Right? Shape, reshape. Yeah. So um, water. Yes. I love water. I feel like I'm natural. I feel like I'm natural. I was born, you know, with whatever water is. I want to hear what you think, what, what, what your perception of water is. Well, if you look at water from, I mean, you know, mutually, uh, Bruce Lee, right? Be like water, mm. my friend. Yeah. And he, you know, that that's so good. And the way he... He communicated that quote uh, on video. If you go to YouTube, you can see that. Just look up uh, Bruce Lee, Be Be Like Water. Uh, He talks about all the different forms and shapes that water can be, and that's why you should be like water. For us, one of the most uh, important properties of water from a leadership perspective is the fact that it reflects, that you can look into water and see yourself. Mm. And that reflective power is getting feedback it's introspection, you know, it's being able to have a meeting and then afterwards maybe take 10 minutes and kind of decompress. Uh, they call it a postmortem, which is kind of a, a horrible name, but that's, <laughs> that's what they do. And, uh, but you, you can kind of reflect back and go, you know, what, what did I, was I successful? Did I get what I wanted? Did I get more than what I wanted? Did I get less of what I wanted? How did I make that person feel? Um, what, you know, how was I coming across? Was I, what message was I sending? Did I land the message versus just the content? So, uh, that reflective aspect of water is, is how we use water mostly, but water is also, it can be hot. It can be cold. So if you give feedback, right, make sure that it's kind of like, you know, (laughs) not super hot, not scalding, (laughs) right? You want to be able to, uh, make sure that the person that's receiving the feedback is, in a good position to to actually accept the feedback and make sure the water is the right temperature for that. So, that, so that, that's I'm so I'm glad you kind of explained fire and air before because maybe the air can cool it down by you making sure. Yeah, you know, but you also got to have some discipline in there to make it lukewarm. Absolutely, you know they do work together, uh, and there's combinations like you can add uh, air to uh, uh, you know air to air to fire is communication to discipline, that's relationships, Mm. right? Because you really need, you can't just communicate with somebody once and expect the relationship to flourish. You have to have consistent communication that's going to really develop that. So when you, so that includes discipline. So you're absolutely right. That's Mm. very key to the whole process. Good, good call. (laughs) And I like the way way you use the temperature aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when you were saying it, I was like, oh, okay, we want to be, we want to be lukewarm. I wonder what lukewarm is. I always hear that. Like, what is lukewarm? Room temperature, maybe. Okay. I don't know what lukewarm. <laughs> Yoda warm, lukewarm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Yoda, I, like, I like Yoda warm better. <laughs> I like Yoda. Uh, earth. So what is earth? So if you think about it right now, Philip, and everyone listening and watching, we wouldn't be here without the earth. And why is that? Because we wouldn't have anything to stand on. <laughs> we wouldn't be able to have the microphones where they are, the table where it is. And uh, so earth is the element of support. Mm. So it's the element of mentorship, for example. Um, and so when it, uh, anything that's supportive, like you are using the earth element when you're thinking about how is the current version of you, the present version of you, supporting your future version, that's an earth element uh, activity. Mm-hmm. So uh, when it comes to mentorship, I think there are six keys uh if you've had have you had mentors in your life 
formal or informal. A lot of people yep. mentor me. I mean, basically everybody in my life from my perspective is a mentor because I try to look at positive aspects of everybody and then be like, oh, I like I like the way you do that. Yeah. Yeah. But 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 I, I, I'm trying to think if I had like what you call a traditional mentor. Uh, yeah, I've had a, I've had a lot of traditional mentor, especially early on, you know, that um, but we didn't have like a, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like a formal thing. It wasn't like a you're my mentor It's more like, hey, let's go to lunch. Yeah, you know, and then, yeah. You know. Yep. Yeah, and there's different types. There's there are people who uh, are peer mentors. So in the same group, you can mentor each other. Uh, there's reverse mentoring, where uh, someone of the younger generation actually helps mentor someone of an older generation. Um, in terms of a certain aspect or skill set, and then that can go the other way as well. So that's a really good, um, a really good collaboration. So peer to peer reverse mentoring, and then you can have the traditional mentorship that you're talking about, uh, where you have someone who's who's skilled. Now, I think you've probably been impacted in some way from a mentorship standpoint, and one of the gifts you receive from a mentor. There's six that I can think of. Mm -hmm. Um, and the first one is their time. So if someone has spent time with you mm -hmm. and taking you to lunch, that's a huge gift. So I call it the six gifts of mentorship. So time is a big one. The other one is presence. So if time is quantitative, meaning it's a number, then presence is qualitative. It's the quality of that time that they're spending with you and what they're choosing to focus on. Hmm. Because you can go to lunch with somebody and uh, talk about just nonsense or not, you know, yeah. but if they're choosing to say, you know what, Philip, um, do you, I have some thoughts. Do you mind if I share them with you about X, Y, or Z? And you say, no, I just want to eat my fries, my burger, you know, like, uh, <laughs> no, not really, you know, or you give that impression, then you won't get that, you know, you, the quality of your, of the presence that they provide is a little different. So time, presence, uh, questions, you know, it's like you do on this podcast, a well-placed question can be like a pickaxe opening up a whole vein of gold mm. for somebody in their mind. So that's a huge one. So you probably had that where it wasn't formal, but someone's asked you an interesting question mm -hmm. that later on you go, wait, what was going on there? <laughs> you know, they asked me this question, but like, yeah. what, what was it like? But then you have like this aha moment later on of like wait, I think they're trying to say this. Yeah. And if I do that, then, yeah. whoa. Yeah, know? that's happened a lot. Yeah, so yeah. that's a huge one. Questions. Wisdom is their experience. So if you have somebody who has a certain level of experience in a particular area, then they can give you that through their wisdom, which is knowledge, but it's also kind of like it's been kindled or fired or, or however you want to heat it up in their, in the real world of experience. So wisdom is, is key. Their example, obviously, which you talk about, which you kind of like, that's the more attractive thing where we get attracted to certain people. Cause you can go, Oh, their example mm -hmm. is, is, is inspiring. Their example has got me thinking. Uh, so, so someone's example can be a gift that they give that they maybe not even know that they do. Uh, and then finally, their encouragement, because hmm. we need people in our lives that, that encourage us. And especially if you're doing something that's super challenging, uh, like learning a new skill, uh, like changing how you show up and communicate, which can be hard to do, you're not going to, you're going to stumble, you're going to fall. So you need someone who's also that sensei or somebody in your life that's 
super encouraging. So that's the last gift or the sixth gift. Not, of it. not the Cobra Kai sensei, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> right, right. Not the, not him, no. <laughs> not not very encouraging because <laughs> he has a different form of motivation. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Fear. <laughs> Which is a heck of a motivator, but not the best. <laughs> uh, no, that was good, man. I, I like that, man. I'm uh, As you were talking, I was like, I need to write this down. I was like, oh, yeah, we're recording it. These are going to be clips. <laughs> You know that 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 was some that was some good ones. What what, what, what any any other? Um, I, I, I mean, I love the element aspect of it, and I have and I have like off-topic questions that we can talk about after after the fact on it. But like, imagination is where I want to go, and then I want to see what else you have in addition. Like, um, we're we're living in a world now where everybody is afraid of artificial intelligence. Yes. And I said, you only need to be afraid of artificial intelligence if you only used the reasoning side of your mind, right? Because if you only use the reasoning side of your mind, like it's like a just like mindless data, you know, like right. just mindless processing of data and regurgitating data, yeah, you're going to replace because they're a hundred percent smarter than everybody on the planet already, right? So I'm like, but imagination is something that the computers can't do yet. Maybe a million years from now, right? But like they can't do it now. Correct. And so, like, what 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 are your thoughts on imagination and business and leadership? Well, and to tie it in with, I have a lot of thoughts on this. To tie it in with the uh, AI first, part of the human imagination that comes into that equation is the prompts right now. So it's it's what's available to us, and and AI is used in a lot of different aspects of business. And you know, if you talk about OpenAI or ChatGPT, the prompting is very important. You know, it's. What are you, uh, in your mind, what are you creating? What do you want the output to be? And uh, and so the prompting is very important. So that's a big use of imagination from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, in the show that I do, we actually, uh, a big part of the show is talking about uh, mind over machine. And, and so, and one of the, there are many philosophers that came before. In fact, you can, you can track back to uh, some of the Greek philosophers that were talking about artificial intelligence. Now, they didn't have that term, but they were talking about that uh, philosophy. But one of the more uh, modern ones was Alan Turing mm-hmm. back in the 60s, and he came up with what was called a Turing test. Yeah. And the idea was is if you have an entity, and it, you know, at that time there was because he was cracking the Enigma code. If you have an entity on the other side of a screen, let's say, what can you ask it or how can you determine if that person or thing that you're talking to is real or a machine? And uh, so he came up with some questions that that would do that. Now, uh, there are things like, do you prefer beaches or mountains, you know, uh, which is an interesting thing to ask a human, but it's also interesting to ask uh, artificial intelligence. But that was the thinking of the time. I think we've got to get better questions. Yeah. But uh, but he was really thinking about that long long before this, you know, 2023. But when it comes to imagination, imagination is part of a bigger process that I talk about. Mm. So Martin Luther King Jr. had the wonderful quote, um, dreamers dream with their eyes closed – while visionaries dream with their eyes open. Mm. And that that really says a lot. And so when I talk with 
uh, when I talk with leaders who want to become visionary or teams that want to become visionary, imagination is in the center of that. Now, it starts with immersion. So whatever business you're in, if uh, you immerse yourself in the problems, the challenges, the frustrations, then you go ahead and identify what the solutions might be using a group setting or one or just by yourself, but ideally in a group setting. And then the third step is imagination. So now that you've identified what the frustrations are, some possible solutions, imagine what the new world would look like, what the new way would look like, and really spend a lot of time on that. And then what you need to do is, and I call these the five eyes of vision. I call them the five eyes because it's vision, but I also call them the five eyes because it's five I words. <laughs> Start with the letter I. So um, then the next... Very imaginative. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, So after you imagine that, then you need to involve people. And then once you you figure out who you need to involve, what are the... Who are the players that need to be involved in this? uh, And we were talking earlier about a project. You have to figure out who's involved with this. And then the last one is invest. Then you have to invest in, figure out what you have to invest in uh, to make that thing come to life, whatever you've imagined. So imagination is really a, a key thing. I mean, if you look at, uh, it's been said that when your brain fires a thought and we have about 50 to 60,000 thoughts a day and we, of those 50 to 60,000 thoughts, 30 to 35,000 of those are decisions we make a day. And it's pretty wild to think, but if you drove anywhere today, uh, you made a lot of decisions to look up, to look right, to look left, to, to press on the brake, to how much, how hard are you going to press on the brake? Uh, how hard are you going to press on the gas? Uh, when to put on your turn signal? All those things have happened, you know, before 10 a.m., right? So there are a lot of decisions we make a day. But it's been said that that when there's as many neurons in the brain, that when a thought is fired through them, they all light up. And it's equivalent to a single lightning bolt hitting every star in the Milky Way hmm. in a second. Hmm. That's what's going on in your brain. <laughs> I, I love that. So uh, so th- we have a lot of imagination that's not tapped into. I'm big on creative visualization, which is uh, comes from a sports psychology standpoint. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, But I apply it to business because if you're going to give a big presentation or have a big meeting, if you can visualize the outcome of that meeting positively over and over – that can be super powerful. I use it for when I present, when I perform, mm-hmm. because I want to see what is the most successful outcome that I can absolutely have. And then all sorts of other ideas come in. Mm-hmm. Oh, why don't I throw that out? And why don't I use a prop instead of just mm-hmm. talking about it? All that stuff happens when we're visualizing a successful outcome. And many people visualize a negative outcome hmm. automatically because it's been shown that we are four times more likely to focus on a negative stimuli than a positive one, which means if you get good news, really good news, and then you get like a kind of a mediocre bad thing happens, like, I don't know, someone cuts you off in traffic, Mm -hmm. you're four times more likely (laughs) to focus on getting caught off in traffic than the good news that came just earlier. So, uh, So we do visualization often a lot, especially if we're anxious, will visualize like, oh, no, I don't know how this is going to go. But you can kind of take that, use your imagination, and make it work for you. I think I, I think you hit on something that uh, 
that I talk about a lot. I talk about a lot, man. It's it's more like um, and this this go deep, but I think you I think you'll 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 go with me. Like everything is imagination. If you look at the mechanics of how we process information, because light is information, sound mm. is information. We're just receivers. Um, again, this is what you exploit, or not exploit, but this is what you learn to play in between and magic is like harness right it's like it's like we're we're not even physically you know there's so many atoms between you know uh space between atoms that this is this is an illusion right and so i think a lot of it is like what you're saying we don't we don't learn how to navigate that world mentally correct right that creates everything and but but i think of thoughts as like um if you look up knowledge, or I asked ChatGPT, I said, ChatGPT, is knowledge more like a, a stream of thought? And it was like, yeah, actually, it's a, it's a stream of thought. And I was like, yeah, because like what you were saying, we're always being streamed thoughts through our imagination and through life experience of growing up and adults telling you, no, no, you can't, you can't. It it makes us pessimist in some areas, especially where we have pain. But like you said, intentionality of, yes. of focusing on positive allows you to... Uh, I call that voice intuition. Mm-hmm. Like the stream of thought, I call it intuition. You can change the stream and get it flowing from, you know, I like to call it from, from the garden in the Bible, right? Get it to flow from the garden yeah. instead of from the murky places. So Absolutely. Yeah, and I man. think to your point of of reality being, that's what my mentor teaches me, Jeff McBride. This is his quote, but he teaches this to me all the time because he always blows my mind, which is reality is subject to change without notice. <laughs> And the, you know, and to your point of like thinking about, you know, our bodies as vibrations, Mm -hmm. as the, you know, if you go to the quantum level of vibrations, now we have a vibration in us that starts for us as humans from a biological perspective, which is our heartbeat. Mm -hmm. So our heartbeat is beating. We take that for granted every day, but that's the first sort of vibration that's happening um, from a biological perspective. And then the, the quality of your thoughts send out vibrations, right? And if you're nervous or you're anxious, it has a lot to do with vibrations. Like maybe I need to switch to decaf in the afternoon, <laughs> you know, instead of having, you know, why am I, why do I think the world is ending? Because I've had too much coffee. <laughs> or, or, or like they do in California, infuse edible uh, what do you call it? Cannabis infused yes. cream into your coffee. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I might be looking that up. Um, yeah, so it's it is about vibrations, and it's about like what we we'll go back to. What message are you sending? What vibration are you putting out into the universe? Um, because those vibrations, you know, and not to get too uh, too wild in terms of you know uh, you know manifesting and all that, but it is there is a lot to that. I mean, if yeah. you, sometimes you don't realize the vibration. I was on a call the other day with a client and uh, it's important for me to, cause I have this up on my wall. It's a smile because if you're talking with someone over the phone and you're not smiling, it gives off a different vibe mm-hmm. than if you're smiling and you could be, this could be a big thing for you. This could be a new client. This could be uh, a new business opportunity. Uh, you never know. If you're talking to your boss, that one conversation that you have determines your rating at the end of the year. <laughs> you don't know. You just don't know how that vibe is going to be received and then how that's going to make people feel going back to the Maya Angelou quote. But yeah. Yeah. It is about vibration, but, you know, 
I'm big on creative visualization. We do it in the show uh, at the theater. Uh, we have someone come up and do a uh, creative visualization on a mental vacation. So they go on a mental vacation. Mm -hmm. I prompt them through it. Uh, they don't tell us any, where they're going. People in the audience also try to mimic it and try to figure out like, oh, where are they going? We have a plane takeoff. We have like low uh, binaural beats music play to help people focus and visualize. And at the end of it, they open their eyes. I've written down where I think they've traveled to. And, for the, and I show the audience without them seeing. And for the first time out loud, they say where it is. And that's a huge moment. Mm. when i'm right so it's nice. it's really cool yeah let, let, let everybody know about your shows and and and, and ones that are coming up I'm, de I'm definitely gonna uh i see them on, on online i'm gonna get to one well uh so my show is called brainstorm an evening an evening of magic and mind reading and it's uh we do the public show at the far best theater in okay. downtown mansfield our next one is uh august 26th at 7 p.m mm -hmm. tickets are 20 dollars a piece and uh if you use promo code uh, we've set one up for your show, okay. Wealth Building Made Simple. So the promo code is WBMS. You're going to get 50% off your uh, ticket if you come uh, to the show. WBMS. WBMS, okay. 100%. Perfect. So uh, Wealth Building Made Simple, WBMS. And uh, yeah, we'd love to have you out to the show. But that's a sample of what I do for businesses because I do brainstorm. I bring the show and lead like a magician to various businesses so nice. you get kind of a sample of what you'd experience. Uh, I, I definitely can see businesses, if they're smart, knocking on your door because this is way more important than uh, the, the data, right? Yes, yeah. And, you know, and it's an interesting time because – a lot of businesses haven't got together. I had a client uh, last week who they're, I asked them, would you like more magic or business? Would you, would you want a presentation with a performance that has, uh, has knowledge takeaways and insights wrapped into it? And a lot of companies do go for that, and which I offer. But this one was like, you know what? It's been three years since we've gotten the team together. We have a few breakouts that we've got set up. I would love it nothing more if you just did a 60-minute show, have fun, and add to the culture that we have, you yeah. know? And I was like, all right, I'm on board. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it can go many different ways. But, uh, but yeah, that's kind of some of the stuff we do at Lead Like a Magician. Appreciate it. Let everybody know how they can reach you if they want. Yeah, uh, BradenDaniels.com. Mm -hmm. You can just uh, inquire there. You did have a question for me, though, about the difference between magic and science. Yes, yes. Tony Stark and Doctor Strange. Yeah, so what, 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 what's the difference? Well, I thought long and hard about this, and I consulted a few people. And one of those was uh, Daniel Gastulum. He is a, he's a magician, but he's also a comic creator. And uh, I, I talked to him about this because these are interesting archetypes. Uh, because you have Doctor Strange who... Now, when it comes to the character arcs, and we'll focus on the movies for everybody, but the character arcs of Doctor Strange and Tony Stark, they start off kind of similar in many ways. Mm -hmm. And one, Tony Stark, goes towards uh, asset building, uh, innovation, uh, advancement, and kind of profiting. And Dr. Strange goes towards responsibility, collaboration, uh, making meaning out of 
out of things. So they kind of end up in two different spots. Now, as the stories progress, they each kind of do even more things, but just the basic kind of archetype of that story is very interesting. Now, magic and science are really of the same ilk because basically it's trying to understand the unknown, isn't it? Mm. comes down to it. So science is trying to understand making the unknown known Mm. And magic is also doing that, but still preserving some mystery. Yeah. And that's what's key. I mean, they've taken uh, rainmakers uh, from from different cultures and meteorologists have studied their their approach. And they'll call they'll call meteorology the formal scientific study of of weather making, if you will, and traditional weather making is what's referred to as what what a rainmaker might do. And they found through that study and respectfully, which is also a key, I think magic and uh, science have to respect each other, mm-hmm. have found that it's actually been very interesting to see how the rainmakers forecasted using, in some cultures, plants, in other cultures, animals, and, and how they behave to mm-hmm. use to forecast. Um, and so it's very interesting that they both are trying to really understand the unknown yeah. in their own way. I like, I, li- I like to call it, I like to say, and we talked about it, uh, reason reflects your imagination, mm. you know? And so like when you were saying, I was like, yeah, yeah, Tony Stark reflects the the magic in human form of you know, Doctor Strange, meaning like what you're saying, if they're in two different dimensions, one is in the fourth, one is in the third, they're the same person. Yes. All intents and purposes, you know, just one of them is in a realm that we just can't understand as humans, but Tony's is more understandable if you're a human. And from an archetype perspective, Doctor Strange is trying to look at all the different perspectives. Like when he does the whole outcomes thing and mm-hmm. goes off for a while and then comes back and is like, oh, no, that's not going to work and goes off again and yeah. tries to find like the right outcome that's going to do the least amount of damage. He's trying to see everything from everyone else's perspective where oftentimes the Tony Stark character isn't really seeing it from everyone else's perspective. It's very a selfish perspective. <laughs> very Tony. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, they're, but they're both trying to, they both have that heart, that kernel of like, yeah. they want to do good, but yeah. you know, they've gone about it different ways. Man, you just, tie some, you just tie something together that I saw, but I didn't see till now where Tony Stark and Doctor Strange saved the world because Doctor Strange put the plan in force and Tony was the the hero right the one that executed the plan and exactly exactly yeah. and that's that really ties it up because magic the purpose of magic is to remind us how important the relationships and the meaning and the purpose is to the technology it's not against the technology it's to remind us how important the magic uh, relationships are to the technology. So they work hand in hand. Appreciate it, man. I think I found a, a new um, sci-fi nerd, buddy. <laughs> Gonna go rewatch all those. <laughs> Start about the MCU. <laughs> well, hey, thanks for sharing. Um, and uh, maybe we'll do this again someday. Awesome. Thank you, Philip. Thank right. you for having me. Appreciate, Appreciate it. You. Thanks. Hey, hey.
Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.